0: Good afternoon, everybody. How are we today? Woo! Welcome to week three of God of the Underdogs. I was not here the last two weeks, but I hear that it was awesome. Uh, really excited about the last couple of weeks. Heard a lot of response and feedback from you guys about uh, how that uh, touched your hearts. And so we're excited for week three. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff. And Uh, I just want to say thank you for letting my family and I go to Israel. If you guys didn't know, I was gone for the last, I don't know, 12 or so days. And uh, that was a free trip, a free trip for my family uh, through someone on the outside of our church who uh, blessed us with that trip, somewhat of like a board member of our church. Um, And uh, it was just one of those experiences where we got to be where, where Jesus was, where so much history happened. Uh, that we read about in the Bible. And uh, for my wife and I and my kids, uh, more my wife and I, uh, and then trickle-down effect all the way down to my 10-year-old because he's kind of struggled with all the history uh, and all the time spent listening to someone else talk to you and taking notes. He thought he was back in school again. But for us, my wife and I and, and the majority of my kids, it was an experience of a lifetime where we walked away thinking, okay, these are real places. These are real people. This is, this is really history. And so what it did for us, it just just really grew our faith that, that what we believe in is real and it's, it's legit. And so uh, that was an exciting thing. Uh, something you may not know, um, through our connection uh, who allowed us to go on this trip, we've been able as a church to bless four other local pastors to go on a free trip as well. And so later on tonight, we've got four other pastors Uh, One is Jimmy McElrath, who's a friend of mine, who's pastor of the Ridge Church. He's going to go to Israel. Um, um, Help me with my list of names. Ray Cummings, who's over in uh, Alabama at Golden Acres Church. He's going to be going along with his dad. And then David Rathel of Rivertown Church is also going to go. And so we get to bless some other guys who've never gone before to go on a trip. And so I just want you guys to know about that. That's something our church has kind of been able to kind of help process and happen for somebody else. So that is awesome. So we are week three of a series called God of the Underdogs. How many of you have ever considered yourself to be an underdog? Raise your hand. Been an underdog, probably all of us, uh, and probably some of us flip-flop on that. Sometimes there are days you're pretty prideful, and you're like, I got this, I'm the man, I got it all, or I'm the woman, right? And then there's days you're kind of feeling insecure, and you're feeling like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the underdog, right? So a lot of us probably flip-flop around in that conversation. So the last couple of weeks we've talked about this. Uh, phenomenal job first week by Joel Walker. Great job last week. Thank you, Ed, for your conversation and, and message and journey last week. Uh, Ed last week talked about really looking at our pasts and, and mistakes that we've made and how those pasts can haunt us. Today I want to look at more of the idea, kind of piggybacking on Ed's conversation Looking more at how fear is a part of that. A lot of us, a lot of us can be plagued by our past, but what our past does is haunt us in such a way that we kind of walk forward or honestly we get stuck because of fear. Now, how many of you guys remember riding a bike when you were a kid? Now, my my dad said, uh, in fact, I talked to him this morning, my dad said that I could ride a bike from the time I was four. I remember that. Right? But what I remember more of me riding the bike, it's funny because I think this is kind of how, um, how a lot of us are wired. I remember more of the falling down part and my dad making me get back on the bike than I do remember being successful as riding a, a bike at four years old. Now, I remember being older, riding the bike, and feeling like I got this down. This is you know great. I'm like the next BMX champion of all the world. But <clears throat> when I was four, I remember vividly my dad saying get back on the bike and him putting me back on the bike and pushing me forward me crashing and feeling like I don't want that again why get back on it right but he would make me get back on the bike again and kept making me do this over and over and over until I could ride a bike now for a lot of us that's how life has been we fall down we have a few crashes and what happens is we remember the crashes more bit more than the, the the good times And so what our enemy does is our enemy will slowly remind us, even as adults, stupid things that we did when we were a kid that causes us to believe less in our abilities, maybe believe less in God, and and keep us stuck and not moving forward. So I want to talk about a guy in the Bible today. His name is Moses. If you've ever been a part of Bible study before, maybe you've heard this guy's name. He was the leader of God's people in the earliest of days— Uh, who led the children of Israel, God's people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So in this talk, this conversation, uh, God comes to Moses and says, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh his time's up uh, of keeping the Israel people in captivity. We're going to, you're going to let them go. So I want you to go tell Pharaoh that his time's up, let my people go. So here's what, here's what happens in this story. You see this guy's fear and insecurity come out, and what happens with God encouraging him. So in Exodus chapter 3, got your Bible? Uh, grab your Bible, look that up. Exodus chapter 3, it's in the second book of the Old Testament. You got Genesis, you got Exodus. If you don't have that, uh, like a hard copy, you got your, your phone. Grab your smartphone, your device, whatever that is. Um, Got a Bible app on there. It's great. I love the Bible app. Uh, If not, we'll have it up on screen. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 9. This is right before their freedom. They're still in captivity. So that right before they get out, become free, God comes to Abraham and says this. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. They've been obviously in slavery, slavery for a long, long, long time. So long so that they're just worn out. They're like, God... I thought we were going to have the promised land. They they believe that, you know, they're children of God's promise. But here we are enslaved. So the cry of the Israelites reaches me, that's God, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians, and they are oppressing them. So now, so now here's a game changer. God says, so now, I'm sending you. He's talking to Moses. So now we've had this problem. Moses, you're my guy. You're my boy. I want you to go to them. So I want you to go to them, and I want you to go to Pharaoh, and to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, listen to Moses' response. This is where I think we see his humanity connected to our everyday humanity. Notice Notice his response. See if you can see a pattern here developing. So Moses says in verse 11, But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. I, I think it's interesting to note right here that God doesn't promise us we won't have fear. Uh, he says he'll be with us. So God says, I'll be with you. And this will be a sign to you that, is, that, that, is, that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses says to God, this is Moses' response, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of the father, fathers uh, has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is your name? Then what do I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you will say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And I want to just say thanks, God. That clears all that up for me. Thank you so much. I feel so much better now. I'll just tell them that I am who sent you. But here's some, there's something powerful about this. God is trying to help Moses see who he is. All up until this moment, you see a pattern developing where Moses keeps on saying, basically, what if? What if I go as you told me to do? What if I go and it doesn't work? What if I go and they ask me questions? What if I, what if I start stepping and doing what you tell me to do, God, and all of a sudden, the, the wheels fall off the, the, the train and we fall off the track or we get off road and we have a crash? What then, God? And so all of a sudden, Moses is just focusing in all on himself and not focusing on God. And God's trying to remind him, I am the great I am. You just tell him, I am has sent you. I'm God. I mean, God God knows who he is. God's not lost in who he is. God's not lost at all about him being the, like the centerpiece of the world. Like he created it. I made it. I'm in tra- control of it. I am the great God. And so... He grasps this, and he wants Moses to grasp this also. So the problem Moses is having here is Moses is so focused on himself, he can't see God. And I think for a lot of us, when we have a dilemma, when we have a problem, when we have something that we're stepping into that we think is big or bigger than us, what happens is we focus in on all of our deficiencies, all of our lack all of our non-abilities, and we start getting scared. We get nervous. We think, I, don't, I can't do that because look at me. All the while, God's saying, quit focusing on you. Focus on me. So here's Moses. He's focusing on himself, and he gets stuck. He's, he's beginning to kind of build this thing up bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, so much so that he kind of, in that moment, he just gets stuck. He doesn't realize, I've got God basically in my back pocket. And I'm going to walk in, and I can, I can look this guy, Pharaoh, directly in the eye, and I can say to him, let my people go. Why? Not because of me, but because who's with me. So the, the problem we have when it comes to fear and insecurity is most of the time we're focusing on ourselves, focusing on the problem, and not focusing on God. So what I've learned about fear, and I'm, I'm great at it, I don't know if you guys know this or not, I, I've got lots of fears. From the time when I was a kid, I, I, I mean, I did some dumb, dumb things. I'll share a story with you in just a minute. Uh, up until, I mean, this morning, I'm nervous I'm nervous about walking out of here and talking to you. Why? Because I'm worried worried about me. Not God. God's got it. I just get nervous about me, right? And so fear is a progression. Fear is always a progression. Fear always starts out there, and then it ends up, here, meaning this. So, uh, fear is something that starts out there. Is, is is basically like, okay, I'm tasked with you know doing X, Y, or Z, and I'm looking at this task, and I'm scared of you know I've gotta have got you know go and you know take on this new career job, and I start looking at the job and what it entails and what 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 tasks, uh, what things I'm gonna have to accomplish. It starts out there, but what happens is it begins to move to here, where I look at the task, and then I begin to look at my abilities. I look at what I've got accomplished, and then I start looking at me, what I bring to the table. So it always starts out there, and the progression is it always ends up here, where I second-guess, judge my abilities against whatever it is I'm supposed to do. And because of that, that's where we get fear. And so maybe, just maybe, just maybe this morning, some of you, whether you recognize it or not, you're locked down, barred up because of fear. And some of you aren't stepping forward and aren't moving forward because you're staring at your past, you're looking at your abilities, but you're not focused in on God. So I remember I got an incredible opportunity. I I had just finished college. I had finished uh, undergraduate with a Degree in Biblical Studies and Concentrating in Youth Ministries. I got my first job at a church in South Florida, and I got a phone call from the high school that I went to, and they said, hey, we hear you're back in town, we hear you're a youth pastor, we want you to come talk to our high school students. So I I was like, yeah, this is awesome, I'm excited. I I mean, I went to high school there, talking to high school kids, that's what I'm supposed to be doing now, I feel like God's leading me that direction, yada, yada, yada. My wife goes out of town, I think it was Monday morning I was supposed to speak, she leaves out of town, 9 a.m., I get in my car. I'm headed to go my first, like, real speaking gig. And on the way, I start thinking about what if I screw it all up? What if I blow it? What if, the, what if there's teachers there that knew me? What if, oh, my gosh, what if, what if like, there's other people that knew me? They're there. And all of a sudden, I start thinking through all these what ifs. I'm doing like Moses did. I think about all these All these paths, all these things that I did growing up, I'm thinking about this place that I used to be a part of, and I get scared. I'm focused completely in on not the task any longer. I'm focused on me. I'm worried about me blowing it. I'm not focused on God. I'm not focused on what I know He's led me to do. I know He's opened this door. I'm not focused on Him. I'm focused completely, completely, completely on me. So you know what I did? I'm driving there. I'm trying to stall. I'm scared. I build this thing up so big, so much so, that I pull off. I go to the old Chevron gas station right by my old high school. I'm pumping gas. I'm getting worked up. I'm getting scared. And I notice the back of my truck, my bumper is bent in a little bit. And all of a sudden, I don't know if it's my idea or if it's an idea of our enemy giving me a nice little potential way out. But I thought, oh my gosh, if I called the school and told them that I had an accident, then I could be off the hook, no one would think bad about me, and I would not speak this morning. So here's what I did. I noticed right behind me are the big dumpsters, and they're encased by this nice concrete wall. So I finish pumping gas, I get in my truck, and I edge my truck up and I go, bam, bam, I bend, I rear-end my truck on purpose into that concrete wall, making more of a dent in my truck, but to be able to say to people, I had an accident this morning, and I called the school, and I said, I can't make it. I've been in an accident. Hello, and I'm your pastor, okay? Right? Right? Now, is that not just the craziest, kookiest thing you've ever heard in all of your life? But I did it. I'm not proud of it. I'm embarrassed of it. I mean, I can't believe I did that. But in that moment, am I right? think Think of your moments. In that moment, it was the biggest, largest gorilla I could ever dream of. And I was scared to death of that. And I missed the opportunity. And I shirked and I shrinked. And it still haunts me today that I did that. And that's what the enemy wants to do. You know, one of the greatest verses I could ever recall to you and say to you, it talks about our heart. It, the scripture says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows everything from li- of life. Kind of paraphrase just a little bit there. But that 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 is, that is a game changer for us. We've we got to guard our hearts. Why? Because our enemy would stop at nothing to cause us to feast our eyes on ourselves, our abilities, our lack of our abilities, our past, our problems, our fears, and cause us to be stuck and immobilized. For me, I look back and that's, that's, that's now become a memorial. It's, uh, it's become a, a, a defining moment for my, for my life that I leverage and I say, you know what, I'll never do that again. If God opens the door, if He tells me to go, I'm going to go, and yeah, there'll be fear, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to quit looking at me, and I'm going to focus in on Him. Why? Because He's the man, right? Because God's God, God is almighty, all-loving, and all-powerful, and when He leads us to do something, He says to us, I will be with you. Tell them the I am has sent you. So that's my... That's, 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 my, that's my biggest, my, one of my greatest fears, fear of speaking. And guess what I get to do for a living? God has a wonderful sense of humor, right? So I, I want to I refer to this nice, cool tower of blocks I have this morning. This is, this is the, uh, a, a tower of blocks. I don't know if you guys can see. Let me pull this back so you guys can see over here. This is a tower of blocks, right? And so I brought this this morning to kind of illustrate these are uh, different aspects of our life, building blocks of our life. And so we, we have uh, things like our, our, our marriage, our, our finances, our health. Um, we've got our friendships, relationships. Some of you guys are dating. You have dating. We'll make this, we'll make, make this dating this smaller. Uh, you have your health, you have kids, and these, these, are, these, are, these are things that make up our life, right? And so a lot of us, we look at our life and we wish it would be better. We wish our lives would be happier, more fulfilled, but a lot of us, because of fear, we live in mediocrity. For example, I, I have... Um, I have people that will talk to me all the time. They'll say, Jeff, our marriage is just not doing great. And I'll say, really? All right, well, tell me what's going on. Well, you know, it's not like, like divorce is the, the conversation or anything. It's not like it's so bad things are falling apart. But, but things aren't going well. It's like, you know, we're just drifting apart. We don't feel like we're really in love any longer. And I'll always ask, have you been to counseling? And sometimes people will say, Well, yeah, I went we went like five years ago, or if you've been married longer, yeah, we went like ten years ago. And sometimes they'll say, Yeah, it helped a little bit, or maybe it didn't help at all. And I'll say, Well, have you considered going going to counseling or going back to counseling? And I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many times I hear this. People will tell me, they'll say, Well, if I go and it doesn't work, then 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 it then it almost could be more of a problem because if it doesn't work, then I'll feel like maybe, maybe, and I'll say, wait a second. So what you're saying to me is you're scared to go try something that might work for fear that it won't work. Am I hearing you correctly? And and when you talk that through, it sounds crazy. But so many of us will not step forward to try to go solve something, fix something, improve something for fear that it may not work. I hear this all the time with people in their careers. I'll have people say to me, because I'm a pastor, they'll say, I hate my job. And what do you say to people when they say, I just hate my job? What do you say to them? Go do what? Go, go find another one. Right? Right? I mean, but, but how often do we have these, conversa- have these conversations or think these things or have these experiences that we think, I would like to do that, but what if I leave my comfy place my secure place, the, my predictable place, and I step out of that to a scarier place, w- what, what is this over here? This, yeah, this is, this is unsure, uh, not secure foot setting right now. I could slip, I could fall, I could, I could make a mistake. Yeah, but you could also get a better job. <laughs> you could also find what you've been longing for. So oftentimes God will lead us out of our mediocrity to whole new places where you get out there, kind of like sink or swim, where all of a sudden he can become more real to you. And, and, and check this out. It's not that we get out there so far that we're, we're going to sink. Because God wants us to get out there so far where we start to sink, that we reach out to him like Peter did when he got out of the boat, that we realize, man, this is the sweetest place in all the world to be. Listen to the rest of, of, of what Moses says here. So Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant. Pardon your servant, Lord. I have not been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. Now, he already had an experience where God already talked to him once before. God showed up in a, in a bush that caught on fire, and God talked through this burning bush, to Moses. So this is not the first experience he's had with God communicating. So he, so he says, I'm slow to speech. I'm slow to tongue. And the Lord says to him, who gave, and this is when God wants to kind of flip this whole discussion and argument, argument up on the side of its head. The Lord says to him, who gave human beings their mouths? And Moses is like, uh, I guess you did, God. All right, so who makes them deaf or mute? Uh, God I guess that would be your call your choice too Well, who gives them sight or makes them blind God I guess that would be on you and God ends with this he says is it not I the Lord all to say this I love you I'm for you if I'm going to if I tell you to go talk to Pharaoh and to let my people go guess what's going to happen I'm going to be with you I'm going to help you see here's the thing Failure does not shape you. Failures do not shape you. The way you respond to failure shapes you. Let me say it one more time. Failure does not shape you. It's how you respond to failure that shapes you. It's not about fearing less, but trusting more. When my kids were younger, I have one who's a 17-year-old. And she's an incredible swimmer now. And I want to say it was because of my great parenting skills. <clears throat> if I do say so, myself. My wife's in the front row. She might debate. But all my kids did the old, did, did, did the whole, you know, I want to swim thing, but I'm scared to jump off because the water's deep, because the water's cold, because I don't know how to swim. And if you're a parent, you, you, you probably helped your kids learn how to swim. I can remember, you know, at least 100 times being in the water, Going, come on, you can do it, jump, you can do it, just jump, just jump, just come on, come on. And they're like, you know, trying to go and scared and like, and they do it once and then they get bolder and bolder and bolder, right? But it always takes that first leap to jump out there. Well, we can't change the stuff around us, right? My kids can't change the depth of the water, right? They can't change their ability to, to, to jump. You know, they're just three years old. They can't like all of a sudden work their calves and get stronger and, you know, do like, you know, super super calisthenic tricks in the air. They can't change their abilities. They can't change the water temperature. They can't change a lot. But here's, we can change, we can change who we trust. We can quit relying on ourselves. And we can start relying on God. It's not about fearing less, but trusting more. And, and think about this it's not about who you are, it's about who he is. Notice what Isaiah says. Isaiah the prophet says about God. He says in Isaiah 41 13, God's speaking through Isaiah, for I am the Lord your God. Like, just hear that with like potency. I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. You see, one of the biggest lies that I believe we hear constantly from our enemy is this. You're responsible for holding it all together. That's a lie. If there's any lie that tells you that you are holding it all together, it's not from God. And if you continue to believe that it's all on you you'll eventually get crushed. Um, I don't know if you notice over here, but I got a little a little action figure inside these little blocks. Can anybody can everybody see that? Some of you guys in the back, you may need glasses, right? But I, I have my favorite action hero. I got Captain America in here holding these blocks up. Now, what would happen with the weight of all this tower of life and all these you know the kids and your health and your finances and you know your job your career you know all this what would happen if i take captain out of these blocks right you you would think as captain's holding all this up if i take him out of there this stuff's just going to crumble down right but here's the point i'm going to take i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to take this little guy out oh my gosh Captain America, it stayed up all without you. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that unbelievable? Wow. Unbelievable. Captain America, they can, it can happen without you. See, here's the point. We have one responsibility. We have one responsibility. It's this. Our one responsibility is for us to trust in the one who's holding it all together. One of our greatest problems is we think we're holding it all together. Some of you are so stressed out because you're, you're taking on, you know, your, your, your husband's problems, your kids' problems. You're, you're taking it all on yourself, and you think you're holding everything all up. And what happens is when you, when you take it all on yourself and you're thinking you're the one holding it all together... You start to fall. You start tripping. And when that happens is all of a sudden the fear that's out there goes to right here. You think, man, something's wrong with me. I, I, I'm, I must be X, Y, and Z, whatever you, you put in, whatever you, maybe you've, you've heard about yourself from the past or what the enemy wants to say about you. And all of a sudden it, it goes from way out there to right here and you end up just crushing yourself. See, you weren't meant to carry that on yourself. Your guilt is not meant to be carried by you. Some of you are carrying past sin. You're carrying junk from the past, mistakes from your past. You're not meant to carry that. the, the, The needs of others, you're not meant to carry those The pain of this world is not meant to be carried by you. Your your fear is not meant to be carried by you. You're not responsible for it. Trust more in the one who is holding it all up. Isaiah says this again. For I am the Lord your God who who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Today, maybe this message is for you. Some of you today, you walked in. And there's something you know you need to go do, but you've been scared to do it. I want to just say to you, maybe maybe God is saying through this passage for you today, go do it. If he's telling you to go do it, what would hold you back? If God's saying for you today to go do whatever it is that he's leading you to go to do, I want to help you today. I want you to go do it. Let's pray. Lord, we, um, we just, we, we submit to your strength. We, we, we surrender to your your love. We surrender to your power. God, some of us are, are stuck in our past because we look at ourselves and we think, yeah, I keep screwing up my marriage because look at me. God, I keep blowing it because, well, yeah, l- look who I am. God, I want to I move forward, but man, it's just a matter of time before I fall down again, so why even try? And all the while, God you're saying to us, quit looking at our faults. Quit looking, looking at our problems. Quit, quit living in fear. Quit fearing less, but trust more. God, so I pray that today that your word of trusting you more, God, I pray that you would burn that in our hearts. God, I pray that you would give us strength and faith in you today. God, give us the gift of faith in you today. Help us to trust you more. God, help us to understand that you literally say to us, I am your God. I will take you by your right hand, and I will help you. Lord, help us to focus in on you today. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for modeling to us, even through a dude like Moses, with his fears of speaking. God, thank you for the reminder that you love us that much that you would say to us individually, I'll take you by your right hand, and I'll be your friend, and I'll help you. Lord, we surrender to you today. Let our courage be contagious. Let us pass on courage to our friends. God, let us pass on courage to our children. God, I pray that this church, that this, this generation, this young generation of people who are following you, God, through this church. God, let us take the mantle of following you and being bold with our faith. God, I pray you take us and use us powerfully in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up. We're going to close with a song. Stephen's uh, going to lead us here, and I want you to take this moment. I want you to thank God And I want you you in this moment to say, God, what is it that you're leading me to do that I've not done that you want me to do? And I want you to commit during this song to doing that. Lastly, as we close today, I want to thank you for your generosity. Uh, Many of you, week after week after week, support this church and our efforts at helping people find their way back to God. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. God, use this time for your glory. Amen.